Do you ever find yourself wondering about how much CG and VFX artists earn? Every once in a while I do that, but I never seem to do it at a time convenient to follow up on it. Well, today, I'm going to find out. So, stay with me, and we'll both find out. Because in this episode, number 2144, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Pros, will answer the commonly asked question, how much do CG VFX artists get paid? on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast, and thanks for being with us today. In our episode today, we're going to be answering a question submitted by Brett B. of Mira Mesa, California, that we received on our Ask Us Anything page on our website at thecgbros.com. Brett asks us, how much do CG and VFX artists get paid? That's a great question. We've discussed a little about this topic in previous podcasts, but today we're going to go and uh, delve a little bit more into uh, in depth about this question. So by the end of the podcast, you will not only learn how much CGI VFX artists get paid, but also about the different jobs because there's so many of them. We'll also be covering some of the experiences as well as uh, experience as well as education required for those jobs. We'll also give you some of our personal insights and thoughts uh, about the job market in general and specifically maybe even a little bit of our own, what we think about those things based on our own uh, experience there. Lastly, we'll make sure and uh, stay tuned to the end of the podcast where we'll be revealing our video of the month. I'm Sean Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Bill Johnston, the other host. (laughs) And today, together, we're the CG Bros. Wake up, Bill. <laughs> so let's start this discussion. Wake up. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, uh, before we get to the red meat of things, though, Sean, I think we should just probably qualify a couple things about this subject. You know, there are many different types of jobs that make up the wonderful world we know, CGI, and the, and the industry as a whole seems to be holding its own pretty well, I'd say, uh, despite the challenges that the lockdowns have created. But we're, we're going to try to clear up some misinformation and maybe some misconceptions that you might have about salaries that are being paid in the area of CG and VFX. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, this is a really great question, I think, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, if you're thinking about going to school to learn about working in the CG industry, then you want to be sure that the career area that you're going to be paying a lot of money probably to, to get into or oh, your yeah. parents will, uh, will pay off, right? Um, especially if, if, you know, if someone else is helping you foot the bill. Yes, it definitely uh, it's it can be very very expensive. So you have to make sure uh, you pick a general area that you well. I would say focus on something that that appeals to you. Obviously, it can change over time, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, before you consider going to any type of schools, remember they're very very expensive, and uh, you don't want to be massively in debt by the time you graduate. Um, no, you, you definitely <laughs> want to get your money's worth as well. And and I think number two, it gives it it'll it, it gives you a benchmark. For comparing, you know, d- different other t- different kinds of jobs. Uh, although CG is relatively kind of new in terms of more traditional or re- respectful, quote respectful, uh, kinds of jobs that people are used to doing, like a you know being a businessman or accountant or a lawyer or something, the level of pay for jobs in CGI compares to them, you know, really nicely. And and I I alluded a little bit in past podcasts about not getting into, you know, uh, the art business for the same reason because you know it it. It's basically this, you know, we cover this in being a starving artist. Is it a noble pursuit? You know, art was a risky business to get into and especially financially speaking. So, you know, today the paradigm has shifted a lot and CG jobs in the art field are, you know, really well respected and well paying. And that's, that's, that's good news. And they're also in high demand as well. So. 
Yeah, it's it's actually exploded, in my opinion, the in in the pandemic, and uh, you know people being at at home and working from home. I think you and I can can attest to um, our own personal experiences through that and how it's been. At least the companies that that I've been working with are, um, and they're trying to find talent out there. It's it's really really hard to find people that. Um, have the qualified or are qualified to, to actually fill these these particular um, positions, and it's um, it's frustrating. Um, I think I think that 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 shows that there's a massive um, gap in people um, applying for positions, and there's probably a massive gap in the amount of quality um, uh, for those particular positions as well. Well, it's a long heart. You know, it's not instant pudding. You know, to be proficient, becoming proficient in CG and, and, and landing a good job in, in the business, it, it takes a, a lot of effort. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of determination and, and drive. And we talked about it in, in what makes a successful artist. And I think in the last podcast, uh, you know, you've got to really uh, want it. You, you really have to desire it and you have to push for it. And that, that all goes to, to you know, be, being uh, conscientious about you know your goals and and developing a a, a a community around you that can help you achieve those goals uh, it's just really important and that, that's never been more important especially the t- in today's world where we're just talking about where demand is high i mean i think due to the pandemic you know netflix is and and other platforms are are just clamoring for content and high quality content and we're we're very sophisticated we've been very sophisticated uh, trained uh, to to see and expect and and as we should High quality VFX work and uh, and CG work and uh, you know I think the opportunities have never been greater, especially now and despite the pandemic, the, you know, the challenges the pandemic is 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 a cha- you know posing to us. And uh, while while a lot of us have to work from home, uh, I think that, and I think that's a great subject for a future podcast because that does have a lot of bearing. I think on you know how much CG artists get paid. That's that's a whole another side subject that I think we're going to do a podcast on here in the near future, but. Uh, you know, just keep in mind that salaries fall within a range, depending on a few factors, uh, at least now anyway. Um, the first factor is how much education experience you have. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the how experience and education plays, Sean? Well, the education is, is, is invaluable. So it depends on where you want to go. Right? So if you're looking at if you want to get into or what career you want to get into, do you want to get into films? Do you want to get into video, um, you know, video games? Do you want to get into, um, you know, gosh, there's there's a myriad of, of different positions that you could probably get into in the art world. Uh, just know that y- you want to get something that's going to be able, you're going to be able to survive on, uh, and make sure that it, that it pays. And look at look at the the obviously the the beginning uh, salaries of people who are juniors who are just getting into the industry, and you want to look at the. Um, it's hopefully as a goal, you'll be setting, Hey, look, there's the top end I could possibly make. Okay. Is that in video gaming or is it in film? What, where is that going to be giving me the highest? If that's your, if that's something you're focused on, uh, that's the thing you, you, you have to survive and you don't want to just survive. You want to have a decent, uh, good living and enjoy what you're doing because work is, is doing anything you would, you know, you wouldn't w- rather be doing something else. So it, yeah, in my opinion, there- what's that? I was going to say yes, and there's a lot of factors that play into that. Right. And f- for me, when I go to work, 
it's not really work. <laughs> I enjoy every single day that it's like painting a new painting every single day or animating a new character every day. It's, it's always a little bit different. And I enjoy that. And it doesn't weigh me down. Whereas if I was in you know, nothing, you know, another industry where I had to deal with, you know, people's ants problems, you know, that for me, that would just drive me up the wall, go crazy. Uh, so yeah, I was actually in property management at one point in my life. And that uh, was really, uh, when I was going to school, that was really uh, frustrating to have to deal with people on a daily basis. And they're, uh, when you're just dealing with customers, you know, it takes a lot of uh, patience. So, but now today, uh, doing what I'm doing, I, I, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. Almost like what I would think a Hollywood actor would, would say, they're, they're, I'm getting paid to pretend I'm somebody else. Um, and me as an animator, it's just I, I'm I'm. It's like I'm drawing or I'm animating characters, and they're paying me to do this. It's 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 awesome, unbelievable. Yeah, well, you, you have to have some people... similar. Sorry, you have to have some similar feelings, right? Well, yeah, I do. I think a lot of people. Well, a lot of people that I've met, you know, they think that the art business is is a is a piece of cake. You know, you're just, oh, that's a that's a that's just puffery. You know, it's, they I think again. You know, see, the CG industry is no different than any other, especially engineering and and design and i mean it's highly technical it's it's funny that people think that uh, that cg art is just it, it, they, they brush it off as cartoons that, that that's, that's a personal peeve of mine when when i see some really great work and, and people say oh yeah i saw that cartoon it's not a cartoon are you kidding me don't even compare it to a cartoon it's it's another dimension uh, literally. Uh, but anyway well i would have to say <laughs> my own personal opinion or my own personal experience uh, I, I've been asked the question, are you, since I'm in video games and not in the film industry, so I can't speak to the film industry other than being an outsider and looking in, but I have to play games for a living. So I know how to uh, make the game. So we're always playing the games as, as video game makers. And I've always been asked, um, either my wife or somebody else is, oh, oh, you get paid to play games or are you really playing or are you working? What is it? And it's like both, you know. Exactly. I mean, that's the misconception. <laughs> so it's, it's so it's frustrating at times, isn't it? Right. It is. And and I, there's a lot of like you said, it goes back to it's not easy to do, but if you have a proclivity to do this or you know, you you want to do those kind of things, that that's the benefit. That's an added benefit of of being in the position you absolutely love. Yeah, you don't work a day in your life. Well, we've covered in previous podcasts, do you need a formal education to get a job in CGI? I can't remember what podcast number that was. But we we talked about all the different ways there were to get knowledge that you need as a CG and VFX artist. And there's a couple of ways, you know, to get educated. And it'll have a bearing on how you, how you, uh, how long it takes you, for one thing, to, to get to the level that you need to get to, to get the money that you want. Uh, But there's, you know, you could... You could, we, we were talking about, you know, can you self-teach yourself? Well, yeah, you can self-teach yourself, and that'll take a long time. And there are a lot of great resources out there. Uh, that's one way to go. The, you, there's online education. You know, I don't want to rehash the podcast, but there's online re-education that's more structured that with actual goals and deadlines that kind of, hold, you know, hold you to a, to a level of progression. Uh, there's a lot of great online schools, and we can get to that in, a, in another podcast, and we may have even mentioned some in past podcasts. But the thirdly, there's formal education from an accredited university or similar institution, and we've talked about that. But the bottom line is, it really doesn't matter where you get the skills or how long it took you to get the skills that you have. There, there are no, there's nothing, no instant pudding, I've said before, which 
uh, is absolutely true. You you just got you've got to have the knowledge and you've got to have the skills. Doesn't matter where you get them. So you know how you ever you get them, just get them. Um, right. And that that example of of some of some of the artists that I showed in three years time, how how much they've improved to the point where it's 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 uh, staggering how how much better they are in three years. But that's a lot of focus and a lot of uh, education, like you said, and a lot of self teaching yourself as well. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the experience levels. Uh, so you know, at all, how much you get paid really has a lot to do with the level that you're working at. Like, uh, you know, are you an entry level associate with zero to four years experience? Are you a mid level artist with you know five to nine years experience, or a senior level artist with ten to nineteen years experience, or somewhere in between? Um, there are there are different positions within the, each of those. And, and th- that all has to do with how much you're going to get paid as a, 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 in the industry. I didn't realize all the different, you just, you know, not, not looking at them every single day. Cause I'm pretty much stuck in my little silo of animation. It's like, geez, there's, you know, motion graphics animators, there's 2d animators, there's 3d animators, there's stop motion animators. Um, there's so many different animation jobs uh, and they pay, you know, varies, like you said, based on your, your skill level. Um, you know, when you get into the business, obviously, if, if, you, if you're, you get in the beginning, you're going to be getting a lot less money than you would a seasoned veteran. And like I said, depending on what you're going into in film, it can be, it can be absolutely staggering. I didn't realize how much you could make within the movie industry, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to be, you know, a a, let's say a, a lead animator or an, an animation director, um, Bill, even your VFX, boy, my goodness. I, I just, I was just looking into it just to get the latest numbers, uh, just becoming a VFX, uh, animator. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Right. How, did you, have you known how much, how much the average is for a VFX artist right now? It's $85,000. And they say that uh, it, it can go all the way up to $200,000 for a VFX artist. And a lot of that obviously is in the film industry. You can see on uh, and this are, these are from like Glassdoor and places like that. You can check um, average salaries. And a lot of those are, you know, Warner Brothers, Pixar, Disney. You know, those, those are for VFX artists that have experience, obviously. But it, man, it's, it's beautiful. Well, you know, yes, and like uh, animation and and VFX, like any other profession, uh, they're jobs. These are jobs like in, in CG that can be broken down into subdisciplines, uh, se- several subdisciplines, as you've as you've illustrated. And within these subdisciplines, subdisciplines, it's easy for you to say, you can actually specialize even further and and really perfect your skills in in that subdiscipline and and really improve your earning potential. And that's where the high earners go. Is is they're, they're people who are talented. They're talented specialists, basically, and and mm. they can demand the high paychecks. It's 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 being about it's it's all, all about being educated, being knowledgeable about you know, what you're doing and being proficient and using the tools and and technology at your disposal. Like you showed some great examples of that, which were which were you know self explanatory. It just it takes that dedication and. Um, but personally, all, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, keep going. You said personally. I was going to say, personally, I found a good rule to be that the more technical a job position is, the more they'll pay you to do it. Uh, and this is one reason you're always hearing the CG bros talk about how important continuous improvement is and why we're always talking about thinking about uh, lifelong learning and, and how critical that is to, to achieving those, those goals. You, you have to be continuously improving and, and you'll get to that, that high level of, of income. But you're right. 
VFX artists uh, do make probably a lot. As a matter of fact, they take a an disproportionate share of of, of the higher paying jobs. I think in the CG and VFX uh, CG area, generally speaking, and uh, that's that's because it is so technical. I mean, there's there's a lot of it's highly technical work. Let me just put it that way. Uh, right. Where, you know, mm-hmm. where as opposed to a 3D modeler or a texture artist or a lending, rent, lighting or rendering artist, and we can kind of get into their salaries here in a, in a second. But VFX is, is kind of a specialty unto itself. And within the, those, there are s- several sub-disciplines. I mean, in, in VFX world, you could specialize in, in cloth simulation, skin simulation, fur, fur simulation, fluid sims, uh, mm-hmm. destruction simulation. Crowd simulation. I mean, there's just there's so many sub areas in VFX to mention uh, that are really uh, elite, if you will. Um, and there's not and, a lot of people that like to do those those particular no, exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. And at the upper echelon, you've got the people that are creating those tools and doing the coding and the programming and the AI processing uh, for all those cool VFX we see all the time. Yeah, here's the shocking one. Was I what I just uh, discovered today was a storyboard art, a storyboard artist uh, can make. Just beginning $61,000 a year, uh, all the way up to 160 k for just a storyboard artist. Um, wow. Obviously, those are be, you know, Walt Disney, like I said, Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, those kind of companies that are hiring those people. Storyboard artists uh, for video games, I don't believe they're going to be getting that much money, but um, I could be wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, I, they're not very much... Uh, in demand uh, in video games, um, so I can't really speak to to anything else really. Yeah, and I think I think for concept artists or storyboard artists, it, it depends on the size of the studio. Uh, larger studios can afford to do concepting, you know, before they do a lot of stuff, uh, and it really does save a lot of production time, and in the end, saves that saves you a lot of money. But uh, typically, smaller studios don't have the resources to have a whole, you know, staff of, of folks for for you know somebody for every position. Yeah, do you have a storyboard artist at uh, your office? Yeah, we do. We, we have uh, th- three or four of them actually wow. working up there. Fantastic. Yeah, they're not they're not busy all the time, but they're always they're always concepting stuff. Uh, right, we had concept artists, but actually doing storyboards um, for oh, video well, games. Oh well, you know, if we were doing some more cinematic, yeah, storyboards. Yeah, we, well, we we do cinematics too, so we do storyboard the cinematics. So right, they do do that, but as, but so but since we're not working in film, no, it's not it's not extended right. storyboards. Right, and then that's very specialized as well. So 3D modelers and texture artists, what do they make? Um, best best word on the street today is they start, well, there's, there's, there's typically ranges. You know, when I say start or the average, you have to- Entry level, under, sure. You, you know, have to understand that, that it, average means the highs and the lows all average together, and this is kind of the, the average. Right. Uh, so that, that could be misleading. So just kind of keep that in mind when you hear that. But 3D modelers, texture artists, average pay in the, the range anywhere for-, for a mid-level artist is between fifty and sixty-four thousand bucks. Yeah, that's exactly the number I was looking at. Sixty-three. Not too shabby. Yep. Too shabby. And uh, lighting and rendering artists, uh, they they are a little little higher paid. Uh, their range is fifty-nine thousand five hundred thirty-five to sixty-eight thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. So they're they're a little higher paid than the modelers and texture artists. You know, I was, I was disappointed to to find out some of the character rigging uh, for the average annual uh, pay for. Uh, Character rigor, at least in the U.S., is about fifty thousand a year. Uh, I was kind of disappointed uh, in that, um, and, and you know what? It's it's very difficult to find a really good character rigger too. Obviously, there's if you're in the film industry, character riggers can make some serious bank as well. So I mean, they can go up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars as well. 
Especially when you're talking about some of those sophisticated rigs for some of the alien creatures, you know, not the non-bipedal creatures. I can imagine the animation rigs that are that are needing to be designed for those. Yes, uh, and interesting enough is is I have you heard the term mathematical modeler? Uh, yeah, I have. What is it? You know, it it's it, it's a um, the, the skills for that particular thing, it's uh, mathematical modelers use mathematical models to illustrate a process or solve complex problems. And so the, the actual description of that is these skills can then be applied to a number of fields, including animation. And many mathematical modelers use their mathematical modeling, modeling skills along with the software technology to create and animate 3D representations of processes. So they can go and work for... NASA, they can work for, you know, JPL, they can work these different companies, and not necessarily just in that regard, but engineering companies as well. And they can make a, on average of uh, 84K a year. So you've got your, yes. your entry level 56K and then all the way up to 125K, at least uh, at latest um, numbers that I've seen. That sounds like advanced digital visual or data visualization. Data visualization is yeah cool, in the cool term thing. of uh, in the form of three D models. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, you know, you've seen. I mean, talking about jobs, there there are even UI artists that just do do that digital. Uh, they do the digital UIs. Yes, yes, and then there's also render wranglers. Oh, you know what that is, right? <laughs> I do. I've been one in my past life. Yeah. So you can, you know, normally if you're doing animation, you send out your renders to, if you're doing, you know, full motion video, you're supporting doing cinematics for video games, you're doing movies, they'll send out a single, um, you know, render frame at a time. And then there's, they basically, they're done. They just send it out to the queue. And then there's render wranglers that go in there and supervise and make sure that all of the render farms are working, which render each one of those frames of a thousand frame or a hundred thousand frame movie or something. So there, there's a lot to make sure that all of those things are, are rendering correctly. So you can troubleshoot and uh, look at those things and make sure it's all, you have enough disk space, you've got, everything's working correctly. So. Yes. And that, that goes to the diversity of the amount of jobs that there are in this world of CGI. I mean, those are, those are highly technical jobs. I mean, there's technical directors, which basically go do, go do the same thing, but on a scene, a scene basis, uh, where you basically, yeah, you've got all these technical guys that, that are the support staff for all the artistic people. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome, I think. Uh, but one thing to keep in mind, uh, as we talk about these jobs in the CG industry, um, is that a lot of these jobs in the movie movie industry as well as the video game industry they're they're contract positions and some of these these numbers that we're throwing out there are you know encompass some of those contract positions so uh if you're not familiar with what a contract job is it's you know half the people in the industry are working contract half of them aren't uh, and basically a contract job is a job that's contracted for a certain amount of time for a certain amount of money uh for a certain uh on a you know on a certain uh defined uh, basis and mm -hmm. uh, so so when the project ends so does your work contract so uh, you know oftentimes unless you have something lined up uh, you know your next gig then you you may have to be out of work for a, a month or two or three before the next job comes up so a lot of these jobs in the CG industry are paid pretty highly but uh, they do so because they are contract jobs and a lot of times contract workers actually get paid a little more than staff staff workers do I know that's true with I've seen that in my experience. Um, well, then there's also the other side of that where they don't get, uh, they have to pay for their own health insurance. And a lot of times that's not included. 
Absolutely. They have to pay their own taxes as well. Right. Uh, if, they're, if they're contractors. And, and they don't qualify for bonuses generally either. Which that's, is, uh, that's true. That's know. true. So there's a lot of things to consider. And then with... with but, they, but, they, but they do get overtime pay. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah, like, they, like what? Time and a half? Yeah. Double time? Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that uh, because of the pandemic, there's uh, a lot of people now with a lot of companies now have started to... Uh, they've benefited greatly from it. Uh, a lot, mostly in the entertainment, uh, video game industries. Well, all across the board, really. Uh, so there's comp- there, right now there, are a lot of companies, big companies, are coming back and saying when people are starting to come back, they're saying, "Well, I don't want to actually go back to the office anymore." So, uh, and I want to work at home. Yes, they've been more productive even at home. So a lot of companies are showing huge profits because of that fact, and now they're. It's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of companies will now be able to, instead of being these high rent, high home price areas, uh, there are now people, they can actually go out and get talent from these smaller um, rural areas, in, cla- in fact, and, and pay a lot less money because you don't, have the, the, you don't have the person that's working in, let's say, a high rent district that's got to pay that rent. So you've got to pay that person a lot more money. Than you would somebody who's got just as much talent that's you know living in in rural areas where you know they don't have that that rent that high rent or or high uh, mortgage that they've, they've got to come up with every month, uh, and and yeah, then I, also they don't have to pay uh, for for the people to be there in the building. So now the buildings can now be unfortunately for the commercial uh, industry, the real estate industry, they're going to be having a lot of vacancies because a lot of companies are now downsizing as far as their property. So they're not having to have that overhead. Those, so, are, all, those are all good, good. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think there's, there's obviously going to be pros and cons with anything. And I think uh, we have, we're just starting to see that work from home dynamic uh, play out. And I think, your point's a good one. I think it's here to uh, stay, but I but I think it's going to have a profound effect on salaries. Uh, you you know you can live out in the sticks, but well, it's uh, not going to be based on that. It'll be based on your merit or about your performance. It'll be more based on performance than anything else. Not well, just where you but, live, but 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 there's got to be an, there's going to have to be an equalization within the industry. You can't just. You can't just people just can't move out to the sticks and get paid the same amount as people who live in LA. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I, I wasn't saying that. that matter. No, no, no. I wasn't saying that. I was saying it'll actually equalize a lot of that because it's so high in certain parts because of that. Now it can be reduced a little bit, and you won't be able to get as much money. Yeah, but your but your overhead is a lot less. You're not commuting. You're not doing a lot of other things you'd normally be doing. So your gas prices aren't even there. So, well, I guess uh, for, for on that on that. With that model, uh, we would be we could compete with anybody who has a connection to the internet anywhere on the planet. That's, that's right. For so that's why I say performance is everything. You're going to have to perform. There's going to be a lot more competition. Oh, that well, that's exactly. And when there's, uh, I, I have to say, when it's a, it's a supply and de- going to be a supply and demand thing. So yeah, if you've got a whole huge planet of 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 highly qualified con- you know CG artists, then then the pay is not going to be very well. Very right, high. and and there's also the other side of that coin is. Yes, there's a lot more of a talent pool you can pick from, but then how do you, you, you know, you're going to have to go through all those people and, you know, there's other, the other side of it. Okay. We're going to stay in the United States. Okay. Well, no, if you're going to be um, contracting with people outside the United States, you know, for outsourcing or whatever you're doing, you're now going to have to be off the clock at different time 
time shifting between. So when they get this stuff done, you get it in the morning and, oh shoot, it's, it's, it's not what we want. So now you got to wait another eight hours, six hours till you get back to that person the next day and get it fixed. So there's all those challenges that are going to be introduced by doing this too. So I'm not saying that that's not going to be challenging. No, there's, there's pros and cons. And and I really think this is probably a, a full podcast in itself. Uh, but but you're right. Yeah. I think I think your points are valid. And and each country, uh, you know, we, we're just talking about the United States. Each country has its own way of determining what the pay scale is in their That's own true. way, in their yeah. own wages, in their own taxes, and they have their own laws. And um, you know, many people don't really often think about it, but it you know the, the same job can be offered at widely different salary ranges, even here in the United States, depending mm-hmm. on which state you be, you belong in. Right. So it's, it's you know, I don't, I don't think it's just, it's a political thing. I mean, there's so many aspects to it. It's hard to really go into it today, but. Um, but freelancing, really, I think, is going to be exploding. I, I think so, too. And it's the way, it's the way that's, it's, it's, a, it's a new paradigm. Right. If you will. Right. Well, all right. All right. Uh, I know we've covered quite a bit here today, uh, and there's some that we obviously didn't get to, and, and I think requires another podcast, but I think we really uh, gave, it a, gave it a good run for the money, uh, Sean. No, I do too. Yes. Um, I think you pretty much hit a lot of, lot of those things, uh, a lot of the good uh, you know, average, beginning, middle, and high range. So I think we're good to go. All right. Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and get to, to the video of the month. Uh, that's always my favorite uh, part of the podcast. Yes, uh, uh, by Austin Vincent. It's called Duino. He sh- he submitted a short film to our uh, the CD Bros uh, YouTube channel, and it's a story uh, about a young boy named Pete who manages to bring a little robot to life. And little does he know, it- it'll come with a few surprises. So he was the director and the creator of that particular story, and uh, the producer is Emily. Uh, Burgess and the composer was Sam Long. You know the uh, video of the month is is uh, an award or a recognition that we give to artists who, when they submit their their uh, videos to our channel, uh, to recognize them uh, in a way that uh, brings you know brings recognition anyway, and and it's a, it's a great way that uh, and it's ba- really based on on how many views mm. that a video got uh, during a certain month, and so we're we're really proud to. Uh, kind of take a look at uh, do we know I think uh, can we take a look and at again that? we we actually uh, submit those to um, for you know when they reach certain milestones we also uh, send, submit them t- to them they have the option to uh, download a, uh, a certificate for each one of those uh, benchmarks or milestones that they meet uh, oh, for views for framing too what's that suitable for framing yeah sorry I didn't mean to talk over you <laughs> Um, so did you want to go through some of the comments on that one? Well, I thought we were going to take a look at it. Uh, we can, I can go through some of the comments. Are we going to watch this? I don't have it uh, ready to go, so. Okay. Uh, from Dark Horse EUC, uh, bravo, some good lessons in this one. Thank you. Uh, from Ferret Mode, uh, subscriber Ferret Mode says, this is the definition of he's a little confused, but he's got the spirit. Thanks for it, Ferret Mode. Uh, and from Sparrow. Uh, wow, this was so, there weren't enough words. Happy cat, bravo, three exclamation points, three clappy hams. <laughs> so thanks again for being part of our podcast today. That's all the time we have. And we hope you enjoyed uh, our podcast as we try to answer the question from Brett about how much do CG VFX artists get paid? I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that you learned some things that you didn't already know. Uh, you learned some of 
the differences uh, between the different areas of CGI production and the level of experience and how that all plays into uh, your salary and how much you can get paid and the education that uh, you know you might need to get started, uh, and as well as uh, the different types of salaries you can expect to get at different levels. Uh, do us a favor and let us know what you thought of the podcast in the comments section below and give it a like and pass it around to your friends, especially if you enjoyed it or found it valuable in some way. Uh, we do a brand new episode of the CG Insider podcast every week, and we discuss different topics relating to the business, the art, and the crafts of CGI animation and digital VFX, as well as other interesting and related subjects that come to our attention. Let us know about some of the questions you have about CGI or whatever. Uh, it's easy. Just head over to our website at thecgbrows.com and go to the About Us section and, and click on the Ask Us Anything tab and then put your question, comment, or whatever there. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you here back uh, next week for next week's podcast where we'll be answering another question. We get a lot. Who are the past pioneers of CGI VFX? That should be, be interesting. A good one. Yes. Yeah. See you next time. Bye now. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how much do CG and VFX artists get paid? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment, too, because we might share your comment on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share this video with your friends on social media. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Subscribing is free. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment and download the file. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy and download the audio-only versions on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, who are the past pioneers of CGI VFX? This has been episode 2144 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.